Welcome back to the Sunday Roast. How's it going, guys? How the hell are you? How were your weeks? How are your hearts? And most importantly, how are your heads? Guys, thank you so much to everybody for listening to the show. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much to everybody who's taken the time to leave a review of the podcast. That makes a big difference. Please do it. Thank you to everybody who like shares the show as their story on Instagram, as pathetically degrading as that is, it does actually make a significant difference. And some of you who do follow me on Instagram at Megan Mark may remember that during the week, somebody sent me a picture of them listening to the Sunday roast in a tractor whilst they were, I don't know, like plowing a field or hitting their wife or something. But basically, Incredible to see where people listen to the Sunday Roast. So I'd be very interested uh, for you guys to send me pictures of where it is that you listen to uh, the show every week. I mean, it's, it'd be quite interesting. So if you, if you have the time, take a photo, please, of where you listen to the show, send it to me, and I will just... Uh, one of the most interesting ones that comes to me, I will send out uh, a free... One of those absolutely outrageous masks, basically. Suffice to say, also... Thank you so much to every person who has subscribed to the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Mark Megan. I know that I keep banging this bloody empty drum every week about the Patreon, but I cannot underestimate or you can't underestimate or one cannot just how important and fundamental it is to the growth and development of the Sunday Roast, not like as itself, as its own entity, but also the general creative enterprise and just keeping me alive. Thank you all so much. Genuinely, I really appreciate it. Now, let's get down to brass tacks, yeah? Today, we are going to be talking about something that a lot of people have messaged me about. I was quite hesitant to comment on it because, you know, as you know, I'm obviously somebody who likes to keep his thoughts and opinions to himself. Um, Low self-esteem, quite a shy guy, bit of a wallflower. But... A lot of people have been asking for me to cover this topic. uh, And after much deliberation, I've decided I'm going to give it my best shot. Now, as a little caveat, I did not go to university. So I'm not familiar with sort of friends or any of that style of life. Okay. But people want me to discuss the Erasmus. For my international listeners... The Erasmus is basically the sort of gap year that's not officially a gap year within somebody's university degree where they go off to a foreign country, usually in Europe. Don't get me wrong, there are some absolute biscuits that go to like Boston, okay, and consider that an Erasmus. It's not. But anyway, they spend a year studying, learning about the culture in a different university. The program itself is named after the Dutch philosopher, Theologian, theologian, Renaissance humanist, monk, and devout Roman Catholic, Desiderius Erasmus of Rotterdam. I mean, actually, sorry, I think it's Rotterdam or anywhere, um, Liverpool or Rome. Long story short, the crowning glory of the Christian humanists is apparently is the guy that it was named after. The crowning glory of the Christian humanists. Okay, mate. You haven't won the X Factor. Will you relax? You are probably a paedophile. In fact, definitely a paedophile. Suffice to say, that's what the programme is named after and that's what we will be discussing this afternoon. So obviously it goes without saying that I am a huge advocate slash supporter for anybody sort of 
going to you know explore themselves get outside of their head get get outside of the country and the d- environment and everything that they know about themselves go explore the world explore new people embrace new people enter new people yeah i am absolutely a huge advocate of that and if that was the case with the erasmus year yeah i would 100% be a supporter but it's absolute spoof though it's nonsense the idea that these students go off to Europe for a year of culture, learning about themselves and other people, is one of the biggest lies ever. One of the biggest lies on earth. I mean, since, uh, ah, we'll just go back for a drink and watch a DVD, or I hadn't actually noticed you were cross-eyed. Two of the biggest lies you'll ever tell in your life. <laughs> you know that, though? When you, I hadn't actually noticed you were cross-eyed. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. You absolutely did. Because there is nothing more awkward in the world. And shout out to my cross-eyed uh, listeners. Obviously, listeners, you're not bloody watchers. But is there anything more awkward than when you meet somebody who's cross-eyed and you don't know which eye to commit to? You don't. You try and figure out which which is the one that they're looking at me. Which one are they looking at me with? So then you're like, okay, it has to be this one because the other one is literally looking at Portugal. And then you end up sort of doing this like awkward, embarrassing dance. Like, it's horrendous. It's absolutely horrendous. You've got these absolute spoofers, though, saying, ah, you know, yeah, wouldn't mind, you know, a year over there now, a year in France or Spain, you know, yeah, wouldn't mind, wouldn't mind, you know, I'd be good just to, you know, perfect the language, you know. Yeah, I'd start with English. I would start with English first, mate. You know, who the hell do you think you are? At least download the Duolingo app before you start pontificating. This is all a lie. And bear in mind, by the way, I don't care that you just want to go over and have a jolly up for a year. But at least be honest. At least be honest. You know, I was talking to somebody recently and they were talking about their Erasmus here. And I was like, so what did you get up to? I was like, well, you know, I was obviously studying French and business in uh, UCD. So, like, you know, I just wanted to get over and, uh, you know, work in the language and all the rest. I was like, oh, so where did you go? Bordeaux? Did you go to Paris? Were you lucky enough to go to northern France? Did you go to Brittany? Did you go to La Rochelle on the coast? Where did you go? I went to Salamanca in the end. Sorry? Yeah, if only you had to go to Salamanca, i just pull the trigger on that. Like, it was a complete sense, to be honest. Okay, I thought you said you were studying French in university. Yeah, but like the beer is so cheap, man, in Salamanca. That's the thing. Therein lies the problem, you uncultured buffoon, okay? This is why I have such a problem with the Erasmus. It's bullshit. It's paid enlightenment. It is absolute paid enlightenment by the parents. Just because you've gone to Europe for the year and you're now in a WhatsApp group with a few numbers that begin with plus 33, it doesn't make you fucking Kofi Annan, you know? you It doesn't make you Kofi Annan. You went over there. Right? And in the first week, you got the runs from the water. So you're so afraid now to drink the tap water that you've literally been washing your hair and arse in Evian for three months. And you also, by the way, you refuse to eat anywhere other than the one place on French Deliveroo that has a menu in English. You've been surviving on Pizza American for the last six months. What the hell is that, by the way? But you know what I mean? You're, you're a nonsense merchant. You're a spoof bag. You're a biscuit brained before just because you labour now, just because you've come back from France and you labour over the pronunciation of the word croissant, like you're fucking Colin Firth auditioning for the King's Speech, it doesn't make you cultured. Uh, I'll have a croissant. Man, you're in Starbucks. Will somebody strangle this person or I will? 
uh, I will have uh, the water. Uh, uh. This is literally me now crossing on the room to talk to somebody else because you're such a pano in the ass. <laughs> now that literally doesn't make sense. But also, what is that gap that French people do in their sentences? You know the sort of word they've like introduced between words, which makes them sound sort of very perspicacious and brilliant, even though they're literally asking something very mundane. Uh, excuse me, uh, do you have a... Why are you saying uh like that? What are you, are you just looking in the mirror whilst you talk? Or do you have the uh, uh... Why so many pauses? More pause than a pet dog owned by Ganesh. Ganesh? You know, the king's speech. How did he win an Oscar for that? How did he, Colin Firth win an Oscar for the king's speech? Wasn't convincing at all. Give me eight to ten points of Guinness or show me pictures of me when I was 17 and I guarantee you I will stutter just as nervously and convincingly as that dog sh- No, no. I mean, in order to understand the concept of the Erasmus in general, it requires doing a bit of a deep dive on the sort of Irish psyche as a whole. And once you do that, you sort of begin to see through the sheer nonsense of some person coming back from six months in yeah, France or Spain and they've got this superiority complex which I'd know nothing about, by the way. But, you know, they come back and they all of a sudden think that they're a man of the world. You know, as if they've discovered new and uncharted territory. It's insane behaviour. Like, mate, you literally ate Cheetos and drank a different flavour of fucking Fanta for four months. You're not exactly Salvador Dali. And also, we know the life you led. Because I've seen you. You've been tagged in photos on Facebook. Have you ever seen that? When the Irish person goes on an Erasmus and you realise they get tagged in like a photo of one of the parties, which we'll discuss in a second, but they get tagged in a photo and you realise, oh, good to see Dermot's over there living a complete lie. He's living a complete lie. This is not who Dermot is. And he gets tagged in a photo. And this is, again, another problem with Irish people. He'll get tagged in a photo and all the European friends that he's made or allegedly made who will be completely deleting from WhatsApp as soon as he's on the fucking EasyJet or Ryanair flight back home. But he he gets tagged in a photo and there's all the comments from the European friends like, hey, crazy party last night. Oh, crazy Dermot doing the DJ. All these lovely supportive, cringy, gimpy, but, you know, supportive comments from friends. And then you'll get one from the Irish person like back in Dublin going... Is that the girl with the big tits you were telling me about? You know what I mean? We don't, like, it's the biggest, it's the rudest awakening when Irish people get confronted by, like, a group of Europeans. And we've all been there. When you realise, oh, God, we're a very unique and subordinate and weirdly bizarre group of people and individuals and species. Like, what is going on here? Like, you see the photo of Dermot and... Your gut reaction, don't lie by the way, you're all the same as me, if not better. But like, you see the photo of Dermot and your gut instinct, you know, when the picture goes up of him and he's surrounded by, you know, his European friends wearing bloody turtlenecks and fucking Metallica hoodies because they actually embrace diversity as individuals. 
horrendous idea and concept. End of that. But, you know, instead of seeing that photo and going, oh, would you look at that? Dermot seems to come out, seems to be coming outside of a shell. He's obviously become a lot more open-minded. He's meeting people from all different walks of life, culturally, you know, genders, everything. He's really opening his mind up. This is fantastic. That's not what you think, though, is it? No, absolutely not. You just look at that guy and you see the face and you're like, hold on. That is the same person who punched me in the ear about nine months ago in Dicey's garden. Good luck. Good luck. You're a spoofer. You're a liar. It's outrageous. The Irish people going on these Erasmuses. And it's, it's, it's such a facade and a charade. Vlad, it's insane. Just because you've gone to fucking Grenoble in France, right? And you've bought some bullshit art from Ikea hanging in your bedroom doesn't make you cultured. A black and white picture of a London bus. Are you outside of your mind? How is that allowed? How do people get away with that? Having it in their houses. A black and white picture of a London bus. Imagine, just imagine having a framed image of public transport and considering that art. Good God, good bloody... Imagine having a framed photo of a 46A hanging above your bedroom and considering yourself fucking Banksy. The world has gone wrong. Just because it's from a different country doesn't make it more interesting. So Dermot's on his night out. We've all been there, by the way. We've all been there as Irish people where you've read the room wrong because you get off the plane and you arrive in with the gusto, the vigour, the depression, the withheld emotions that every Irish person has, innate within their bones and blood and brain. And you get invited by some fucking Swiss girl in your university class and she's like, oh, uh, so we're going to have a party this weekend. Uh, going to be really fun. I've made this crazy game uh, where basically uh, everybody coming because we're all such a bit of a mix. <laughs> we're a bit of a mix. Uh, we say that everybody is going to come and bring something from their own country. Cool. What do you want? Like a fucking chicken fillet baguette? Depression. Do you know what I mean? An inability to express myself sexually. You know, the idea that living at home in your 30s is acceptable. Like, what do you want me to bring from Ireland? But, you know, you get invited to one of these European parties and you're thinking, okay, Grant, you know, we've survived the first week on the ground in Europe. Maybe this is when, uh, I I was a bit worried. People seemed a bit uptight, a little bit nerdy. I hate them all. But, you know, maybe this weekend I'm going to sort of come out of my shell, meet some people. It's going to be a bit of crack. Pre-drinks is always the perfect way to break the ice. This Swiss girl is more annoying than I've ever imagined. I'd love to get a Tobler own and not continue that joke. But, you know, this is great. And then the Irish person, you in this instance, arrives to the (laughs) pre-drinks. And you walk in and there's literally two tubes of fucking Pringles on the table and somebody is half sipping a glass of beer. <laughs> and you arrive in with your six your six fucking cans and they look at you like you're Shane McGowan. And they're like, Are you are you genuinely serious? You you've got the six cans. And then are you like, oh no, no, I just you know, these are these are for the table. I'm just sharing these with everybody as you like nervously put your hand behind your back and like pick the shoulder of vodka out of your jeans and toss it to the nearest bloody bush. Do you know what I mean though? It, it really heightens and like amplifies just how absurd our culture is when you go into a room. And then like I found myself in one of these situations, even though I wasn't in Erasmus or in, in university, where I met these European people and I was like, ah, oh, but surely, surely everyone's, you know, fucking getting drunk and stuff they're like oh no it's like a party I was like well yeah exactly if it's a party 
surely we're all going to get like super, super drunk and, you know, look each other in the eye at like 2am. <laughs> oh no, no, no. We're, we're just having like conversation stuff. What? Yeah, no, we do this weird thing where like we like to communicate and like get to know each other and ask each other about our hopes, dreams, wishes, losses, regrets, all the rest. Oh, but like now, at like seven, like 7 p.m. of the day. Yeah. What? Well, that's utterly bizarre. Surely that sort of stuff is at 4 a.m. when you're in a nightclub and eventually you wrap your sweaty arms around a friend and you go, by the way, man, I fucking love you. And also I think my parents are getting divorced. Any chance of a chat tomorrow? And then you don't talk to them for three weeks. It's totally and utterly bizarre emotionally when you meet these European freaks. But you buy into it. Because you have to. You've got nothing else. You've already been to the Irish pub in town that's ran by an Englishman. And there's nobody there. So this is your only way out, is to go deep, deep into this. And next thing you know, you're at this fucking house party and you're subtly trying to get yourself pissed just to make all of this a little bit more manageable. And then you find yourself sitting beside the fucking Spanish guy who wants to sit you down and explain to you why Metallica are actually the greatest band in the world and Jan Sports are the greatest bags in the world. And you're like, well, this is the worst thing ever. And then you turn to your right. And you've got somebody who tries to show you a 13. Oh, you like comedy, Mark? Funny boy, you like the comedy? Uh, Yeah, I do. By the way, I thought you were from Glasgow. Why are you speaking like... Anyway, you know, and he starts showing you a 13-minute long comedy video in Dutch. This is a torture technique. This is Guantanamo. This is the worst thing in the world. Is there anything worse? Can you believe... Like, please tell me that you can relate. Is there anything worse than somebody standing over your shoulder whilst forcing you to watch a YouTube fo- a video that they perceive to be funny? No, no, it gets funny. Uh, really? You like, you're going to like this a lot? So, uh, if you want... Okay, pause. Pause for a sec. Oh, okay. Can we just not... Can I just pause? Or, can I actually pause reality, please, and escape inside my brain? Because this is the worst thing ever. Anyway, so basically, uh, he's in Amsterdam, okay? Yeah, no, I can see that. Partly because most Irish people I know have moved to Amsterdam. And secondly, yes, I can see the canals. I can see the bikes and the biscuits. All of it. But anyway, <laughs> you're a crazy guy, by the way, Mark. I have to say, yeah, pull down that turtleneck. No clothing, no piece of clothing, unless it's a scarf, no piece of clothing needs to be that close to your fucking upper lip, okay? Anyway, basically, he's uh, dressed as a goose. He's dressed like a big silly goose, okay? But he's not a goose, he's a man, and he keeps going up to people saying, quack, quack, may I have some bread? May I have some bread? Oh my God. I'm... (laughs) Please arrest me, or arrest you, arrest all of us. This is the worst thing ever. Dutch people, by the way, are low-key the biggest freaks of Europe. Can we address that? listening to the Sunday Rose. You don't realise how much it means to me. Guys, like, I really and truly love you all. Thank you. Uh, do me a favour. Send me, send me your photos. Like, it actually, it's so lovely to see uh, the places and the positions that you listen to the Sunday Rose in. So, uh, yeah, send me, send me some photos of where you're listening to it. I'll post the best ones not the bad ones. I'll post the best ones on Instagram. And yeah, as I said, I'll send some stuff out to uh, the most unique, I guess, or interesting uh, place. If you have the time, the money, the interest, the kindness, all the rest, 
please subscribe to patreon.com forward slash Mark Megan. Yeah, it's like $5 a month and it keeps me alive. So thank you so much. I'm on Instagram at Megan Mark. Hope you guys are having a great day. It's the bank holiday Sunday. I am currently in Sligo. I've actually been recording this in like the conference room of this really bizarre hotel that we're staying in. Um, You've probably seen on my Instagram. I've had an embarrassing couple of days, but there you go. Uh, Anyway, yeah, I hope you and yours are all good. Thank you so much again for the support. You're changing my life. Bye bye.